So we're back from Houston, and uh, we're going to do another podcast episode. And we're gonna, we're here with Chris and Dominic. And uh, so, what do you think of the trip, Chris? So, first. So overall, my my overall impressions of the trip were it was just really really fun, really really good. Uh, met a lot of great people down there, and just just had a great time doing everything, helping everyone, and um, we were able to really make an impact down there. So that's kind of my overall impression. Um, I think that I was really surprised to see that we were 20 minutes away from Houston and it was still that bad. Um, but I think that uh, what I was saying even before the trip, that we're going to go down there and we're going to do a little, but it's going to mean a lot. And I think that really showed through. I think that the team was great, like Chris said. Um, we just didn't stop working. We didn't stop helping. And I think we made a big difference to a few people. And I think that that really sums up what we do here. So what were some of the jobs you worked on, Chris? So I started out working on a few wheelchair ramps, and then I kind of transitioned into hauling drywall and then hanging drywall um, towards the latter half of the week. And you, Dom? Um, well, I was on roofs for the first three days, and that was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Maggie and I were up there just about both days, um, and it was probably the most interesting experience of my life, to be quite honest. Why so? How so? Well, when you have a fully aluminum roof that's patched with just rolls of flat shingle, um, I don't know what they were trying to fix, but it certainly didn't work. But uh, luckily, we were able to so go in there. So we were in a trailer park. Yes. So most, as the listeners may or may not know, aluminum mm -hmm. roof, mm -hmm. and they put shingles on a relatively flat, basically mm -hmm. flat roof. Yep, and what happens with that then is is the water will pool on top of the shingles, and the shingles will eventually rot away as the sun evaporates the water, and it just basically causes it to rot, and then what was originally patched and fixed is now probably worse than it was to start with. Mm. So we were able to go in there with um, some roofing tar and some liquid aluminum is what I like to call it. It's just an aluminum rubber paste. Mm -hmm. And we were able to patch over all of those uh, those shingle spots, I guess you could call them, and some of the holes in the aluminum and fix the problem. We only had one roof re-leak that we had to go back over, but thank God we caught it early and we patched it up and they should be good to go for a good long time now. Very good. Um, can you just, in both of you, I guess, you were both in the trailer parks at least a little, mm -hmm. um, give a description of what it was like there. So I would say overall, very, very poor conditions, kind of, um, conditions I've never really seen before, um, personally, but, uh, th there's just a lot of rotting things. There's just a lot of things kind of out of place. There's a lot of like, um, makeshift or a lot of like duct tape in a lot of places to kind of make ends meet. So it was just kind of a really terrible situation that these people have to uh, live in, you know, day and night. These, these people are there living in these types of conditions, and it's really um, really just a poor, poor uh, living conditions for these people, and, and just it was just terrible to see. Now, I'm fortunate enough where when I was younger, I got to travel to a lot of third world, third world countries, excuse me, and I've seen some pretty pretty harsh things, but uh, in in America, I have never seen anything quite that bad before. Um, I mean, they had a toilet that literally just went straight under their trailer, um, didn't even go to a septic line. 
Um, they had floors and See, roofs. I didn't see that. I saw the, the sink that did that. I didn't see that actually a toilet did that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah, it looked it looked like it anyway from yeah. what I saw. Um, you could smell, and even if it wasn't that, you could smell that the septic had come up. And yes. it, was, it, was, it was very, very bad. And I certainly would not want to live there. And they've been living in that for months now. Yeah. So yeah. just to see something of that magnitude so close to such a booming city, um, still kind of shaking in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, in, in one of the house, I won't get into names or anything, but the, the one house that, uh, I mean, we, the original house we went there, we went to fix a ramp, and the ramp would have been a, what, half-hour job maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we ended up staying four to five days with a team of 40 there, mm-hmm. um, at least one day. The... The initial job was nothing compared to, and then they let us in the house, and it was, as you said, just overwhelming. Um, the, the mattresses had gotten wet. They were still there. There was stuff everywhere. The floor was falling through. <coughs> it was it was a really, as you say, eye-opening experience. And, mm-hmm. and they couldn't, many of them couldn't get help. They were afraid, mm-hmm. whether they were documented or not, they were afraid to get help from FEMA. Uh, just a sad situation. Mm-hmm. How about as you got out from the trailer park? What, what, how how was it? I mean, you when you were delivering drywall to houses, what what was it out in the in the the greater world, the, the bigger world, the, the trailer park area? Uh, so so we kind of delivered to a few different areas around Houston. So we kind of were out in the country a bit. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see um, a lot of land out there, and and the people's houses were um, kind of in rough shape. I I would say overall. Um, and, and then when you got kind of closer to kind of the, the suburban areas, I, I would say it was kind of a, a similar situation. You know, the, it was nothing like the trailer parks, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but the houses weren't, um, as, as well off there be, just because of the storm damage. There, there was a lot of, um, rubble still all over the place. There was just, um, a, a lot of things going on in the, in the driveway. There was a lot of things just piled up outside, um, that, so some of the houses even ha- hadn't even be started um, for demo or anything like that. So so some of the houses were just um, still damaged from the storm. And did either of you work at all on gutting jobs this week? I did not work on a gutting job. I I I did a little bit for for at least a day. Um, so so that was kind of interesting too. There there was um, there there was one situation where we were in a home and, and we literally had to destroy everything from the walls, the kitchen, everything was just tainted by the mold. So everything had to go. And we took probably about, you know, when it was all said and done, or, or, or at least for that day, it was about 80 to hundred bags. And I could only imagine more. We went there a few more days after that. And I could only imagine the amount of bags that we actually had, um, stacked up of things we had to throw out there. So, and again, it's a theme here. You've heard it many times if you've been listening to these podcasts. It's very tough to plan these things because you never know. But we were told up and down, there'll be no gutting. There'll be no <laughs> gutting. There'll be no gutting. It's all done. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and within the first 20 minutes there, we talk to a guy, hey, do you, do you mind if I send you a list of jobs that need to be gutted? And... It just happens, and there there were many. And Heather led the team, I think, for most days. And it was just, it was great the amount of work that they got done. But it was just, it's telling that we're now six months plus past the storm, and they're still gutting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll probably happen for a while more because they're, they're not mm-hmm. you know, not done by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess 
your thoughts on the, the the area where we stayed in general, like the living conditions and whatnot, the, where we stayed, the, the camp was good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was wonderful, personally. I mean, granted, the shower situation at first was a little rough, but I mean, the area is relatively, I don't want to say untouched, because, it, you know, it did get hit, but it's um, better off than, God, I would say probably 90, 95% of it. Yeah. So, I mean... We were there. I mean, the cots were comfortable. Thank you, Red Cross. Um, you know, sleeping bags from Walmart work just fine. <laughs> you know, makeshift pillows, good food, really good food. They know how to cook down there, let me tell you. But, uh, no, I thought overall, I mean, the area that we stayed in was good. It was- so if anyone's listening and wants to go volunteer, Mount Olive Baptist Church in Dickinson, Texas. Uh, it w- w- actually, one of the jobs, which I don't think either of you worked on, um, I did the first couple days, but was working at the site itself yes. to make a place for mm-hmm. others to stay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we want to call it Team Don, but mm-hmm. uh, they were in there from everything from putting up walls to uh, working on the electric to working on plumbing to putting down floors to cleaning. Um, and it, they really, from day one to day whatever it was, nine or eight or whatever it was, mm-hmm totally different place it, yeah, it, looked, it looked very impressive so mm-hmm. uh and amos is just i don't know how he works so hard i mean yeah. he here he is he's a pastor he's working up teen hours a week on disaster recovery and then what i found incredible was at seven o'clock every night he would go and not go home but he would go to the office he's an accountant and mm-hmm. he was doing tax returns from seven to midnight every night mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know how, mm-hmm. I mean, all the more power to him. I don't know how, I mean, how could anyone that work that long and, and doing tax returns? Yeah. I would be falling asleep <laughs> first thing, let alone for after the rest of the day. Come right. on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, somewhere down in Texas, Susan Anders would be very, very proud of uh, mm-hmm. of Amos so well. So, um, anything else, what's the most memorable thing down there for you? I'll go first with that. So probably the most was I worked a lot with um, some of the other groups around the area as well. So Eight Days of Hope, the Texas Baptist Men, um, those are two huge groups that we um, worked with uh, for drywall, hanging and installing. Just the hospitality by those groups was just amazing to see. You know, I, I thought originally when I was coming there, it works you know exclusively with um, Bonner Responds and the Bonner Responds people, but. Um, Got, got exposed kind of to, to different groups in, in different areas around um, around Houston um, th- through having to travel to different places to deliver the drywall and then hang it. Um, it was just an incredible experience to really work with these people and, and to see what they're all about and learn a little bit more about their organizations and groups and things like that. Were you on the team that the one day they, they hung over 100 sheets? Yes. So just talk a little bit. That, to me, blows my mind. How, how could you get up 100 sheets of drywall in one day? So, so the, the some of the people in the organizations we work with had a lot of drywall experience. So that was a lot of it, I think. But um, we were able to just create kind of an efficient um, process, an efficient machine, where um, everyone had kind of a role and task, and everyone became kind of really good at that. And everyone was just really open, had a great attitude, just really willing to do whatever. Um, I, I I think most people kind of worked in different teams along the ways to meet different people, to experience different different um, types of work and stuff. One drywalling, so it was just kind of a, a kind of a way um, through efficiency that we were able to kind of get that many things done, which was kind of incredible. So for those of you not on this trip, 
I, I just want to, and who have been on past trips, what they were doing was putting up the drywall and then taking a router and mm-hmm. cutting around windows or Correct. Uh, electric outlets mm-hmm. or Correct. whatever. Um, staggering, staggering that they could go that fast to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited when I get up 10 in a day and it's like, wow, you did 100? Wow. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really impressive. So, uh, most memorable thing for you, Deb? Um, it would have to probably be the sense of community now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of um, Mount Irenaeus, um, and they run an on-campus ministry called uh, Mountain Community Leaders. So obviously one of those words is community. And uh, it, a lot of it is just saying that through Christ we are all brothers and sisters. It's a very Franciscanly belief. So through working with them, I've kind of come to appreciate um, when a group can come together and work cohesively. So when we were down there, um, not only our group of 50 to 60, you know, students and alumni from Bonas, but we worked with Eight Days of Hope. We worked with the local community. We worked with local people, local stores. Um, we kind of proved the point that it does not matter where you come from or who you are or what gender you are or what color of the skin you are or anything like that. The fact that we were all able to unite together really helped us change the world for some of these people down there and i think that that is one of the most beautiful takeaways that i could have on this trip completely agree completely agree and it's when you know everyone comes together and they ignore all the superficial differences Mm -hmm. the world can be a beautiful place and uh i i mean i'll I'll just tell you one version when we were in um, one of the trailer parks and the woman the homeowner said this is your house whatever you want refrigerators there and i mean she Mm -hmm. had known me for 20 minutes something like that Mm -hmm. um and just the level of trust at that point that it was was pretty staggering um and and not to turn you know to blend every past trips in but one of the themes and uh, unfortunately dom you were you know you had your your dad died before Mm -hmm. the bahamas trip so yes, in, in when in the Bahamas we ended with a uh, you know reflection end of thing and, and mm-hmm. my my comments there I think the, the reflection there was different than the reflection at in Houston um, mm-hmm. it it was much longer mm-hmm. um, it was much I mean at fine response some people said you know what's the most favorite thing I did and it was like I hung drywall <laughs> I mean yeah. nothing against an actus I love them but it, it, their version of the story would be well. I lived outside of my comfort zone for a time because I had never done drywall. And after studying it for 14 weeks and looking at it, we decided to hang drywall. And I wasn't really comfortable with it at first, but I grew into the experience. And it was a spectacular thing. And I have to thank, I mean, it's sort of like that, which is fine. It's just different. So, um, but, but my conclusion of that one was that when we are, you know, colorblind or whatever, just mm-hmm. just totally blind for everything except for the fact that they're people and mm-hmm. that they need our help and we, we are their brother, sister, whatever you want to call it. Um, it is truly heaven on earth. And we, 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 it's not us versus them. It's us, period. That is it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not better than them. We're maybe luckier than them. We, we won the birth lottery. We didn't get hit by a disaster. We got to go to good school. We got all of the stuff that they want. Um, and underneath all the differences, we're all the same. And I think that Absolutely. that comes out at every one of these trips, whether it's 
you know, in the Bahamas, whether it's in Haiti, whether it's in Dickinson, Texas, or frankly, whether it's in only in New York on a weekend. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see the same stuff that people are people and mm -hmm. the, the, whatever you want to call it, the, the fears, the, the, the uncertainty masks it and they, they get very defensive and it's like my way or no way. Well, if you, sometimes you have to sit there and be patient and almost let it bleed off, mm -hmm. but eventually they're good people underneath and that's true. I'm convinced everywhere. So mm -hmm. most people are good people. Absolutely. So. Chris, anything else? Uh, just to go off that, you know, the binary response model is the love all, serve all. And that really encapsulates um, this trip. And I, I know a lot of the past trips really encapsulates that kind of whole message of what we were down there to do. Um, and just the community and the great people we worked with was just just an amazing feeling that, that we took away from it. And we really hope to inspire a lot of hope for the people um, that, that we help so they can go out and keep keep giving back and keep helping out other people. Uh, I, I'm going to have, you, you can't leave that hanging there, so I have to finish two stories of that. Sure. One, of course, is Evan. Evan, um, mm -hmm. who, his house had burned down a few years ago. We helped them, and he was on the trip. Um, With an actus, by the way. Shout out. Yeah, well, both trips, yes. So we, mm -hmm. we did multiple things. The initial when the fire, his initial house that burned down, mm -hmm. and then the, the workout, the, uh, when we helped redo his new house was with Anactus and, and many other trips. I mean, we, we probably made, I'm not exaggerating, if we made 15 trips up there, I'm not surprised in the least. Um, and that he came now and, and, you know, paying it back or whatever. I hate that saying, by the way. But that idea that, you know, mm -hmm. you help me, now I'm going to help you. Um, and the other one, which is almost as telling to me, was Jose. And Jose was Teresa's friend and um, was there and the, it was the day two, or well, day two in the trailer park, day three overall, and he's out working in the yard and he's cleaning up, and he was doing more. So we had done it the day before, we had done part of it, and he was out doing. It. He goes, he he looks to me. I, I'm talking about, ah, oh, you're going to join us at work today. And he goes, yeah, and absolutely as serious as anything. He goes, we've sat here for six months because we've had no hope. We we didn't think it was possible. We thought, you know that no matter what we did wasn't going to be enough you guys gave us enough hope that maybe we can recover from this and maybe we should be working for ourselves again and within the next day i mean I, again i don't know if you remember but Teresa was out in her little garden they made a garden a container garden and he was out cleaning up and it sounds cliche but we brought hope and that's that's about sometimes the best we can do. Yeah, sure, we fixed the plumbing. Uh, Teresa got to take her first shower since the storm. Mm -hmm. All of those things, phenomenal. But I think more than that, we brought hope. We brought the community. We brought the idea that, hey, I matter still. People, you know, it may not be the, the position of the U.S. government. It may not be the position of everyone. But people still care for me as a person. And I think that's an important thing, important message to take, put out there. Mm -hmm. So anything you want to wrap up? Um, just that a little means a lot. I think that I've been preaching it before the trip. I'll preach it now, and I'll preach it way beyond. Um, no matter what you do, whether it's with Bonner Responds, an Actus, you know, a university, or just out on your own, um, do it. 
Every little bit counts. It will add up eventually. I mean, if you look at any kind of investing or finance, a little bit at the beginning turns into a lot at the end. My if goodness. You do it right. What is this guy? He's trying to take my job now? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying I learned some. That's all it. right. All right. Okay. And also, I think uh, it's worth mentioning you want to go back, don't you? Yes, um, I, I, I definitely want to go back. I'm not exactly sure all of the details. Uh, we, we've been speaking with Amos down there. He's trying to get a grant for us so that we would be able to, instead of for this trip, like when we needed to buy a wheelchair ramp, we had to buy the materials mm-hmm. that they would provide ten, fifteen thousand dollars to provide, you know, drywall or whatever it is that's needed, uh, ramp materials. Mm-hmm. So. Why not? Announce it on the spot, right? Before it's officially approved or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say we're going to go back after graduation in May this year. Um, there are a few details worked out, not least of which is that I will be teaching an online class during that time period. Um, but I think it's doable. I mean, mm-hmm. there's Wi-Fi. I can you know, get a hotel room once a week and go in and you know set up a live classroom there. Um, I think it's doable. And uh, I have to work out all the details, but I would imagine mm-hmm. we'll be back down there in May, unless something mm-hmm. happens. I mean, who knows? And mm-hmm. it could be, you know, we, we, this is, I mean, what day? Today's Tuesday we're posting this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could be an earthquake tomorrow and it hits wherever and our game plans change. But right now, mm-hmm. I would say plan on being there. Um, I think it makes more sense. I, I, I was thinking, and this is, you guys have heard this before, talking about doing a trip to Puerto Rico. Um, the difference is I could probably take 15 to 20 people to Puerto Rico and we can do 60 down there without a problem. And I think that, that just infrastructure-wise, it makes sense to do the 60 instead of the 20. So, mm-hmm. And uh, in either case, so work on your Spanish. <laughs> yeah. So we can't count on Dave yeah. all the time. No. So Big help, though. There were just so many. And I, 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 For those of you listening who are on the trip or those of you, it, it staggers me. And I know I say it, but I just have to be reminded sometimes that it, everyone has something to offer. People who, you know, some, some of the volunteers who said they couldn't do anything, they were invaluable in providing, you know, driving and getting food set up for people. Um, David, who had never been on a trip, had never done anything local with us, his translation skills mm-hmm. I, saved us. Saved us, completely <laughs> saved us. Um, I mean, from Heather, who had never done a trip like this, who, great leader, great organizational skills, had, she mm-hmm. sent out spreadsheets, which I don't, you guys haven't seen, but of the job sites, she sent to the sites down there, like to 4B re, and Responds and the, the, whatever, the Baptist Men Group, et cetera, she mm-hmm. sent a spreadsheet with all the details of what was done on each job. Wow. Um, so the next team that goes in knows exactly Incredible. what needs to be done. Incredible. Um, awesome. I mean, it's just across the board. I mean, from from Bill and Ross driving 31 hours each mm-hmm. way or whatever it was, 30-plus hours, to Yvonne, you know, collecting all the details and all the forms and the invoices, et cetera. And the receipts. The receipts. Yeah. Every, everything. It's just... <laughs> To Sue Mill, I mean, I can't, I don't want to, I start naming, I'm going to have to keep going, but every person had incredible value added. Um, I, I was just talking to Joe Code a few minutes ago. He said, what was your favorite part of the trip? And I said, I don't know, but I'll tell you two that stick out. And um, I, I won't say who they are, but they're, they're college students. Um, what happened, and I know everyone had a good laugh at it, but in the locker room, when there was a, a person with a mental 
disability there. And our students were as nice as anyone could be to someone else. And they didn't need to be. They could have just said, you know, could have ignored the person, could have just said, shut up. And they talked to him like he was a brother. And just to me, that was not planned. That was not scheduled. I didn't talk about it. It was just the fact that we have some really good people on that trip. Yes, we did. Um, and the other one, which I don't think I've talked to anyone, I, I mentioned to the, the group that did it, but it was about 1230. I think you guys are on the trip know. I try to stay up until the last person gets in. I, I just want to mm-hmm. make sure if yep. someone's out, yep. I want to make sure something. So mm-hmm. I try to be the last person in bed. Mm-hmm. And um, the first person up. Um, so, so how many hours of sleep? Is yeah, that's that's not going to three hours. Um, let me tell you, Sunday and Monday, I was exhausted when I got back. Um, but so they got back. There were a group of them, and I'm sure you know who. I'm not going to call them by name, but there were four people who came back late, and I think they had just been on walking. And there was nothing, no, nothing bad or anything. They were just out. And 12.30 at night, all the lights were off, and one of them noticed the garbage was overflowing by the kitchen and took it upon themselves to find garbage bags, to take the garbage out. At, it was 12.30 in the morning. Everyone else was asleep. It would have been very easy to drop it, to throw the thing on the floor for all I mean, No one would have known. And yet they did the exact opposite and took the garbage out. And I think that mindset is just over and over and over again. I mean, you see it everywhere you look. You saw the people, you know, going the extra mile in the trailer park. You see, you know, the the drywalling team, you know, being patient. How easy would it have been to get really mad and upset when you were sitting at Lowe's or sitting at Home Depot waiting for material? And yet, to a person, every reflection, we all laughed about it. And it was just a different mindset. And it's, it's unusual when you hear people complaining about, you know, anything. You, you walk around campus and they say, oh, gee, there's the snow. Well, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those are some of the things I'm going to take. <laughs> Just a great trip. Just a great trip, great group of people, and did some really good good work. So mm-hmm. anything else for either of you? All good things. Yeah, Go do your part. Just, just spread the positivity. That's all we can ask. Yep. Just spread the positivity. Get involved. Get involved, and we'll be doing stuff. I mean, I, I looked at the schedule coming up, and I'm scared, because <laughs> there's just so many things locally. I mean, from iPads this weekend to, um, to cleaning out floors, uh, to doing a porch, to probably seven or eight wheelchair ramps that are already scheduled, um, to hopefully having some people on campus. I mean, it's just a big, busy spring. So, and so, you know, spring is really condensed because of snow and we're already into March and, you know, with basketball games and everything else. So, so get involved. So, all right. Well, we went a little over our original plan, but that was all right. So, right. Thanks. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.